Last month when we did the Living Nativity, one of the fun things that I get to do every year is I get to be out in the parking lot and help park cars. And most of the people have never been to our church before, and it's dark, and our parking lot is a little complicated. It's not, you know, a rectangle that makes it easy. And so what we try and do is get people as close as possible to where they need to be. But because if you're unfamiliar with our parking lot, sometimes it feels like we're sending you too far away. So we have some interesting encounters in the parking lot. A couple times I've been yelled at by people. Once or twice people have flipped me off and I'm like, oh, that's great. Now you're going to go to the living nativity. Um, but what happens more often than not is I'll say, park here because it'll be close to where you want to go. And they'll be like, no, that's too far away. I'm like, trust me. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't because they think they have it all figured. I'm like, all right, you can drive to the far 40. You think it's gonna be closer, but it's not. You're gonna be further away from where you want to be. And I was thinking that our understanding of church can be like that a little bit. We kind of have our own understanding. You know, I wanna be here, I wanna be there, that looks too far away. Um, I wanna do my own, pretty much I'm gonna do my own thing. But there's more information out there. There's maybe a bigger picture, both of the parking lot and of what church really is supposed to look like. And if you understand the bigger picture, it'll probably take you closer to where God is calling you to be. And that's going to be so key. Where is God calling you? We're starting a new sermon series this week called Grow. And the idea behind it is that God is calling all of us to develop to grow. Uh, the idea behind Christianity is not to subscribe to a belief system. The idea is to become more like Jesus. That's where we find true peace, true joy, true hope, true purpose. Uh, and Jonathan asked a great question last week. What simple, tiny act of faith do we need to take to be the people that God is calling us to be? So that's what we're going to look at, is how do we become the people that God is calling us to be? How do we grow? And we're going to begin the series with, how is God calling us collectively? Or really, do we even see ourselves as part of a larger thing that God is doing? So we're going to look at a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, verses 7 through 14. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So, I love the church. I've always loved the church, and I've spent most of my life serving in the church, serving God and serving people. And I'm absolutely convinced that the church is God's plan for the world, for sharing the good news of Jesus with the world, for creating disciples. I think God works through the church. 
But there's a lot of confusion about the church and whether or not it's even important. Some people are all in. Some people are like, yeah, it's okay. Others are more like, well, I could take it or leave it. And some are like, wait, there's church not on Easter and Christmas? And that's just among the followers of Jesus. I don't have the time to deal with what the culture thinks. But the Bible presents a pretty clear picture of the church. And it's pretty countercultural in some ways that are not really natural for us. And over the last year, as we spent so much time in the Gospel of Matthew, if I learned anything, it's that the church is countercultural. It has different values, it has different goals because our leader is Jesus. And the picture that the scriptures present is that we who are followers of Jesus are part of a larger group. So here's how this work works. God takes us as individuals and then makes us part of a body. And there's a huge truth there that's really easy to miss. Jesus calls us individually. We respond to Jesus as an individual. Nobody can do that for you. Not your wife, not your grandma, not your parents. When people bring their uh, infant to be baptized, the parents promise to raise their kids in such a way that the child will choose for themselves to follow Jesus. The parents don't and can't promise to make their kids choose Jesus. We're called and we respond individually. But then God makes us a part of his people. We don't lose our individuality, that's important, but we become, some, we become part of something bigger than ourselves. And everyone who's ever been a part of a sports team or been in a play or been in a work group or a family or a church understands that a bunch of individuals come together and create something larger than the sum of its parts. So God makes us part of something bigger than us, a body, His body. And that can be applied at several levels. It can be applied to the universal church. It can also be applied to the local church, the local body. And that's really where the rubber meets the road for most of us. The universal church is a little bit intangible. When most of us think of church, we think about the church that we attend. So when I talk about church, I mean us here at Harbor Covenant. Our, le our leadership, the lay leaders and the clergy, periodically talk about what our emphasis as a church should be. And for the last couple of years, we've embraced the biblical pattern of being connected and engaged. We want to be connected in relationships with one another, and we want to be engaged in mission. And that comes out in our passage this morning. So I want to make a couple of points. The first is that God forms us into a body. That's verse 13. This is God's action, and that's important. The church isn't my idea. It's not something that a committee dreamed up. The church is God's idea, and God calls you here. And I want you to really think about that, and we'll come back to it a number of times. But first, why does God form us into a body? Why is the church important? Well, first, it reflects who God is. The, the Trinity is three people in one God, and the church is many people in one church. It kind of reflects the nature of the character of God. The church is important because we need people. One of the, find, one of the first truths in the Bible is it's not good for us to be alone. Even introverts need to be around other people. 
And with the rise of AI, with uh, social media permeating everything, with the experience of the pandemic, we crave human interaction. And fewer and fewer people have a third space anymore. Your first space is your home, second place space is where you work, and the third space is a community group. And for a lot of people, that third space of interaction just doesn't exist anymore. So being in the church reminds us that there are people on the journey with us. We're not alone. And then God works through other people in our lives to help us grow. By being around other people, by seeing other people, we might see better ways of doing things. I was around somebody recently who is just a natural encourager. Encouragement just flows through them and I was like, I would love to be like that. We might grow in patience because we have to deal with other people. It's still growth. And God brings people into our lives, people who walk through the dark times with us and remind us that we aren't alone. God will have other people come into our lives who will show us how to follow Jesus during challenging times. I mean, how do you navigate high school as a follower of Jesus? How do you reconcile a breaking relationship? Lots of times God will bring people in our lives who have walked through those things that can show us how it's done. And then there's something about being together that brings God among us. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there with them. So those are all reasons why the church is really important, but those are also reasons why the countercultural element of the church can be a little bit difficult for us because it flies in the face of things like Western individualism, that we're masters of our own destiny, that we don't really need anyone else, that we can do it all on our own. The idea of being a part of a group is challenging for some people because it's very easy to go, it's just me and Jesus. I don't need anyone else. I connect with God in other places and in other ways. And it's really easy to feel like you don't need to be involved in the church. A lot of people pick and choose what they believe in or what they're going to do. You don't have to commit to anything. You don't have to be in a position where you're challenged to think differently. You can basically do whatever floats your boat. It's kind of like church's ice cream. You want vanilla today and the local church has chocolate? Well, go find vanilla someplace. But that's not God's plan. That's basically like Build-A-Bear. Build a religion, a spirituality of your own de design. It's not biblical and it's not what Jesus wants for you. God's plan for you is to connect to a local church and to connect deeply. There's also the tragic and all too frequent reality of people who have real pain associated with the church. And I get this. Trust me, if we want to get together and share church horror stories, I will win. I have more than you do. And I remember when some of my closest friends said to me, Jesus and I are really good. It's the church I have problems with. Generally, in my experience, that happens because churches have lost their way. And it's tragic. And it's a matter of prayer and for seeking God's direction. And if you've been through one of those terrible, horrific church experiences, it's easy to give up. But I don't think that's the right choice either. I think you have to keep getting back up on the horse until you find the place that God has called you to. Now, Harbor Covenant is not a perfect place, but it's a good place. I can be very, very disappointing. Sooner or later, 
I'll fail you. Someday, we won't have your favorite brunch item. One of these days, Brendan will have an arrangement of a song that you just simply will not like. Sometimes the sound will be too loud. Someday somebody's going to say something that's going to hurt your feelings. Someday we'll ask for money and you'll find that offensive. Any of these things could cause someone to go, I'm out of here. But before you do that, you need to wrestle with the fact that God has called you here. And he's called you for a reason. Now, how do you wrestle with that? The real question is not, am I happy? The real question is, can I grow and serve here? Liking the music is a bonus. Liking the pastor is a bonus. The real reason people stay at a church is most often because they feel connected there. And connection is a choice that you make in obedience to the call of God. Actually, for most of recorded history, people didn't choose churches. The church that people went to was the church that was closest to them. They went to their parish church. It's only fairly recently that with mobility and money and lack of social pressure that people can just pick and choose. So that adds an extra layer of complexity. But the question to wrestle with is, did God call you here? And if he did call you here, then you need to look at how you're responding to that. It's also real that some of us are perfectly happy with Harbor Covenant, but we've never really connected deeply for whatever reason. If that's the situation you're in, I think you also need to wrestle with, why did God call you here to this place, to Harbor Covenant? And if God has called you here, what are the ways that you can connect in relationship and really put down roots in the church. And I have some ideas. You can join a small group. We have men's groups, we have women's groups, we have service groups, we have mentoring relationships, we have things that meet online, we have things that meet in person. We can make something work to help you connect deeply with other people in our church body. And we would love to help you do that. So give us a call, send us a note, text us, talk to us. We would love to help you connect deeply with other people. Obviously, I think the call of God is important. But the single reason that most people stay at a church is because they feel connected relationally. It goes from, this is a place I show up to, to these are my people, this is my place. And that's what we want for you. The second thing is, we all bring something to the table. That's verse 7. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Engagement. If you're connected in relationships here, we invite you to engage with us in ministry because we need each other. You have gifts that God has given you that we need, and we bring gifts that you need. And I found when we talk about gifts that we have that perhaps the biggest challenge is people go, what do I have to bring? I can look at other people and I see some people have tremendous gifts. And I look at myself and I don't know what my gift is. Well, there are lots of lists of gifts in the Bible, talents that God gives to people. Teaching, leading, wisdom, healing are among them. But none of the lists in the Bible are exhaustive. So let me add a few. Baking cookies, saying kind things to people, praying for folks, giving. Maybe part of the reason that you're here 
is that you have resources and God is calling you to give them here. Maybe your spiritual gift is engaging joyfully or pulling weeds or helping out in the nursery or just the inclination to say yes rather than no. What gifts do you have that God has given that can be used to help the church reach people for Christ, develop disciples, and live lives of compassion, mercy, and justice? If God has called you here, what has he called you here to do? What is the tiny step of faith that you can take to begin to use the gifts and maybe even explore the gifts that God has given you? Now, when it comes to serving, when it comes to engaging in the mission and the ministry of the church, not everybody is there. Uh, are there periods in your life where you need to just have a place to catch your breath and have a chance to heal? Yes, absolutely. And we want to be that place. If you're in pain, if you're broken, if you're in need of healing, if you're one of those people that has been burned at another church, we want this to be a place of healing and restoration and hope for you. But those periods should not last for years. Lots of times, the answer to our problem is to get involved in serving and caring for others. And that helps us get our minds off of what has happened in our lives. Sometimes I hear people think or say to me, I can't really get involved because I need me time. Now, if you say this only occasionally, that's fair. There are some days where I need some me time. But honestly, in my experience, only, cert only a certain segment of the population tends to say, I need me time. And my observation is that you may need to evaluate how much of your whole life may already be about you. And I would encourage you, sometimes it's getting involved and serving and making a difference in someone's life who is less fortunate that changes our perspective even on ourselves. Are there times in your life when the circumstances of your life leave you with very little spare time? Absolutely. If you're in school, it might be during your sports season. If you have little kids, life is challenging. If you're caring for aging parents, that can take up quite a bit of time. But those are seasons, not lifestyles. And sometimes they develop into lifestyles. So what do you need to do to invest in this place and these people? There's lots of different ways that you can use the gifts that you have been given. You can give, and we invite you to help us in our mission here with the things that we're doing. Our, the way that we do things pretty much when it comes to giving is we tell you what we do with the finances and the resources that we have. The ways that we're changing people's lives here in Gig Harbor, in Pierce County, and across the world. But we invite you to be a part of the people who are supplying those finances to make a difference in people's lives. So that would be one way that you can be involved in the mission of the church. I would encourage you to serve. There are so many creative things that people can do. We had a guy, he had to quit doing this, but we had a guy who once a week would come to the church and would just walk around the parking lot with a trash bag and he'd just pick up all of the trash. You'd be surprised how many people have fast food here and just dump things in the parking lot. And he'd probably be here for half an hour. Anybody could do that. You got a five-year-old you don't know what to do with, bring them with you. Grab a trash bag, walk around the parking lot, and pick up the trash. That is a great way to serve and invest in the mission of the church. Anybody can do that. 
like Jonathan said last week, what's a tiny step that you could take to get involved in the mission and the ministry of the church? Because there's something about serving that changes us. In, in Matthew 20, 28, Jesus says, the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve. And when we serve, it connects us in a unique way to Jesus. I said that the church can be countercultural. In a culture where people have come to expect their every need to be met constantly, where people expect to be entertained at all times with no expectations or demands placed upon them, church can be hard. But I've stood next to enough bedsides. I've walked through enough dark valleys. I've celebrated enough successes. I've done enough life with people that I totally get it when people say, I don't know what I'd do without my church. I just want to invite you to fully participate with us in creating that type of community and living into God's calling for all of us together. So let me ask you three questions. Number one, why has God called you to the body at Harbor Covenant? Number two, in what ways are you connected at Harbor Covenant? And number three, how are you engaged in the mission of Harbor Covenant? Hi, thanks for watching. The people of Harbor Covenant Church really want you to know the love that God has for you, want to grow with you in faith, and want to serve alongside you, not only to help others do the same, but also to make our families and our communities better. If that sounds like something that you can get on board with, then like, follow, and drop us a comment in the video. Watch some more videos on our channel or come visit us on Sunday. You can find out more about Harbor Covenant Church at harborcove.church.